You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Uh, thank you for uh, sticking with us. we got a great show planned, a great rest of the uh, morning plan for you. We just interviewed Sarah Hart. We're going to move now to state Steve Ray. Steve is a regular contributor to Real Presence Radio. In fact, he's a regular contributor to my show. I, I ask that I get him to be in uh, on my on my list here. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Monsignor Shoemaker. Did you know I'm coming to your uh, area to uh, do talks? And, I, uh, Monday, November 29th at the yeah. Bismarck Event Center, I have it in front of me. Yeah, and, and then I'm going to speak at another place there on the 30th and on... Um, on the yeah. December second, yes. do yes. we do we have those lists? Yes, Michael, yes. Get, uh, get that uh, for me. We'll put that on. Yes, uh, 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 we'll we'll specify that. Yeah. I'll be the MC for your night here in in Bismarck. Good, Steve. I get to meet you then. That's and, great. And uh, absolutely, I feel like I know you. If you'd like to sponsor uh, this event, uh, please do contact uh, Real Presence Radio uh, at realpresenceradio.com, or you can call eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Uh, but do uh, please get 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 in this uh, get in this event. Um, we, we have uh, here. Just let me, let me go through these banquet uh, dates. For, first of all, uh, Steve, you're going to be in Bismarck here on Monday, November 29th. Then you're going to be in Rapid City on Tuesday, November 30th, uh, and then you're going to be in Aberdeen on Thursday, December 2nd. Right. And so we're looking right. forward to your time uh, here in North Dakota and uh, the upper Midwest, North and South Dakota. And um, we, we visited briefly about your travels coming up. Uh, again, your website, and how do people travel with you? CatholicConvert.com. It's real easy. I'm a convert. So it's a CatholicConvert.com, and there's a big banner at the top, uh, pilgrimage link. Click on there, and it'll take you to our website with all of our uh, upcoming uh, pilgrimages. It also takes you to past pilgrimages, so you can watch all the movies I've made of every trip we've done over the over eighty trips, I think, over the last ten years. And we got a trip going to St. Augustine, Florida, November first uh, through the fourth, and that is where Christianity and really the whole civilization, Western civilization, began in America. And that's really an exciting pilgrimage we're going to do. Yeah, Al Cresta, is he on your show, too? Do you have... Uh, I don't interview him specifically, but we do but have he, him. You carry his show. Well, yes. he's going to mm-hmm. be going. Him and I and our wives are going to be leading that pilgrimage to St. Augustine, Florida, in November. And uh, so we've got Israel trips coming up, too, and Lords in Fatima in September. So we're, we're getting rolling again. Uh, Steve, we're talking about your book called The Catholic Faith and Introduction to the Creeds. We're going through this step-by-step. And what what area are we visiting uh, with you about today? He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He'll come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I call this the big, the big circle, the big O, because we kind of go all the way around. We start with God the Father, and then the Son, who is um, divine, but he becomes a man, and then he suffers and dies, and then he's buried, and he goes down into the Hades, and then he comes back, arisen, and now the big circle is completed. He goes all the way back up to heaven to glory where he started. And that's the whole image of the cloud. When he goes up into the cloud, clouds represent 
the Holy Spirit at times, but they also represent the glory of God. So when it says that he was received into a cloud, it means that the whole big circle is completed now. He's done his work, and he's gone back up into the cloud, the glory of God. You call this a three-stage exaltation. Describe that. Well, the, the, the Scripture, these three things are usually tied together. The resurrection, which is where he conquered death and the devil and sin. He just destroyed all of the enemies that snuck in during the Garden of Eden. And he, as the new Adam, he restored everything that the first Adam messed up for us. So the resurrection, he comes back to life, the first one ever to raise himself from the dead. He said, I will raise up my body. The Father and the Holy Spirit were there too, but Jesus himself, you know, he raised himself right from the dead. And the ascension, after raising from the dead, he goes up into heaven, and then we hear in Scripture that he's glorified, meaning that in his human body, he did not have a human body prior to the incarnation, but now he does. And in his human body, the new spiritual body that he's been given, but the same one, you can feel the holes in in his hands and in his side, he is now glorified, seated at the right hand of God the Father with all the angels back around him again. And so it's the resurrection, the ascension, and the glorification. And the beautiful thing is, Paul tells us that we are seated with him. In glory, positionally, we're already there by by authority, by position, by our calling as being the sons of God. We're already there with him. Steve Ray is my guest. We're looking forward to having him here in Bismarck, North Dakota on Monday, November 29th. And we're discussing his book as we do step-by-step on my show. Uh, My name is Monsignor Schumacher. It's great to have all of you. The Catholic Faith is the name of his book, An Introduction to Creeds. We're talking about God the Son Ascends. Uh, Steve, this, well, I mean, a lot of things were a surprise, even after our Lord told us, but this shouldn't have been, right? Because it's described in prophecy. It is, and uh, but when you follow these disciples, they were, I, I hate to insult them, but they were kind of dunderheads through the whole process. They really continued to never really grasp what was going on. But then I put myself in their shoes, Monsignor, and I said, would I have understood? The Old Testament says that man can never see God and live, and yet they were seeing him, and he's implying that he's God, and the Jews wanted to throw rocks at him because he was blaspheming, saying that he was God. So I asked myself, would I have understood it? Would I have connected all the dots? In the book of Daniel, and I love to do this when we're in the Holy Land, on the Mount of Olives, and especially if there's a cloud up in the sky, I love it even more. I read this passage, and I say, you know what, in Acts, it says he went up. The last thing they saw was the bottom of his dirty feet. There he goes, you know, he's always been on the ground. He's always, never did he do this before. He just went up into that cloud, and we saw the bottom of his feet. And then I said, so where did he go when he got into the cloud? What happened to him then? Well, I say, you go back to Daniel, the prophet Daniel in the Old Testament, chapter 7, verses 13. I saw in the night visions, behold, with the clouds of heaven. Aha, there's the cloud. There came one like the Son of Man. Aha, there's Jesus coming up into that cloud. And he came to the Ancient of Days, which is God the Father, and was presented before him. In other words, 
Father, I've done everything you asked me to do. I accomplished it all. I destroyed the devil. I destroyed sin and death, and I've conquered it all, and I'm back now. And it says, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, and all the people's nations' languages should serve him, and his kingdom will never end. So when he went up on the ascension, the book of Daniel tells us exactly what happened on the other side of the clouds. He was presented to the great father, the ancient of days, and given a kingdom which will have no end. So the prophecy was telling us that all ahead of time. Where did this uh, take place? Where, where did the ascension take place? And, and describe the importance. It took place on the Mount of Olives, which is just east of the city of Jerusalem, which is why when you celebrate Mass, Father, I think almost every time you're facing east where the altar, because we're always, we are looking to the east. Why? Because that's where Jesus ascended from the top of the Mount of Olives up into heaven. And the angel said that as you saw him go, he's going to come back again. So we're always facing east, waiting for his return. Just like the sun rises in the east, so is the sun going to come again in the east. And so it was on the Mount of Olives, and that was between Jerusalem and Bethany, and that's where Jesus spent a lot of his time. And um, there's a place up there now that we take our groups called Paternoster. They are Father, and that marks the place for our tradition, that Jesus was ascended into heaven from that place. In your book, uh, Steve Ray is my guest, in your book, uh, again, The Catholic Faith, An Introduction to Creeds, uh, it's, it's, it's available here, I, I, I have it online, um, you, you mentioned a significance of, of what uh, St. Stephen saw immediately before his martyrdom. Well, what's yes. that? What's that? Why is that significant? Well, a couple things are significant about that event, and it's something I could meditate on over and over again. Not, not least of all because I was named after this Stephen with a PhD. Uh-huh. Um, it says that Stephen, when he was arguing with the Jewish leaders, and he was interpreting the history of Israel to them, he told them all about Abraham and Moses and stuff. And in many ways, it was a great insult to them, showing you that, showing them you don't even understand your own history. All of this was prepared ahead of time for Jesus to come, and you missed it all. Then he says that at the end, right before he's martyred, he's full of the Holy Spirit. He gazed up into heaven, and what did he see? Exactly what we just talked about in the book of Daniel, where he is seated at Ancient of Days and given a kingdom which will have no end. Stephen looks up. Now, see, the, the Jewish leaders, they knew Daniel chapter 7. They knew the Son of Man. That's what that's what the Messiah who goes back to heaven is going to be called, the Son of Man. And he's going to be in the clouds, and he's going to be presented to the Ancient of Days. So when Stephen says it, just using the words from the Old Testament, this drives them crazy. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus, standing at the right hand of God, and then he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man, right out of the book of Daniel, the Son of Man, standing at the right hand of God. And he, because of what he'd already said, he's saying, You killed the Son of Man, the one who's now before the throne of God. You killed him, but he rose from the dead. He beat you. He's there now. And it just drives them crazy. And with one loud voice, they plugged their ears and they rushed together at him. And the end was they took him out and stoned him. Now, you know, one, one last thing about yes. that, Monsignor, is that um, when we were filming our movie on St. Paul, and I was at the Bones of St. Paul 
a church of St. Paul outside the walls. There's a chapel to St. Stephen there, and I thought, why would they put a chapel to St. Stephen? You know, Paul was there when he was martyred. You'd think, oh, and all of a sudden it struck me. I remember now why there's a chapel of St. Stephen right at the bones of St. Paul, because St. Augustine reminds us, if it had not been for the prayer of St. Stephen, the Church would not have had St. Paul. Indeed. Steve Ray, we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll, we'll be back. Uh, we're coming up on 45 minutes past the hour. What I want to ask you on, on the return is, is what our Lord left us after the, the ascension to lead us into the church. Steve Ray is my guest. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. You're listening to Real Presence Live. We enjoy doing these local shows for you on your extensive Real Presence radio network, which is listener-supported, which you can do at the banquets coming up. Again, I said Steve Ray will be in Bismarck on Monday, November 29th at the Bismarck Event Center. We're looking forward to that event. We're looking forward to welcoming Steve. We're looking forward to life post-pandemic. We'll be back in just one moment. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these planned gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Indeed, welcome back to the show. Steve Ray is my guest. He's uh, coming to Bismarck the end of November. Uh, Steve, what are you going to talk about here in Bismarck, North Dakota? I'm going to give my conversion story. How in the world did a Baptist 
Catholics who thought Catholics were all going to hell. How in the world did a guy like that become a Catholic? And now I used to teach Protestants how to convert Catholics. Now I'm teaching Catholics how to convert Protestants and the whole rest of the world. You'll be here in Bismarck on the 29th of uh, November, Monday. With my wife. And then Rapid City, the 30th. Uh, and then Aberdeen, uh, I believe, in December 2nd or yep. thereabouts. Yep. Uh, we're, we're looking forward to having you. We're talking uh, about your book, uh, and we're talking about the ascension of our Lord. I, I've been very happy to interview you uh, at least every month and, and to go through your book entitled The Catholic Faith. It, it's, it's a great book by Steve Ray, R-A-Y. And it's it's available. Um, I, I got it on Amazon here. And um, we're talking about the, the ascension. I, I want to begin uh, our, our, our last segment here as we, as we move to the top of the hour, Steve. Um, our Lord ascended, and he, he had a plan for, for his church, uh, but he, he, he didn't say, you know, read my book. He, he left us 12 men. You, 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 you write about this. Yes, tell, us I, why, tell us why this is so significant. I also um, love to do this when I'm on the Mount of Olives with our groups. Wherever we go through the Holy Land, I always take time to explain the site and what the Bible says about it and why it applies to us Catholics. And this one is especially meaningful to me because as a Protestant, as a Baptist, everything was Bible alone. And my dad used to say, Steve, on Sunday morning, we're driving it. He, do you see those people going into that church? They're not really Christians. And I said, how do you know, Dad? He says, because none of them have the Word of God, the Bible, under their arms. And that one over there, that church, they are. Look at, they're all carrying their Bibles. Well, you know what? I grew up thinking that the church got started. The Bible was first, and then came the church. The Bible gave birth to the church, but I didn't realize that the Bible, the New Testament, I should say, was not even compiled, put together until 400 years later, in the end of the 4th century. So when I'm on the Mount of Olives, I say, okay, now imagine you're here with Jesus. You're with the Twelve. You see him going up. You see the bottom of his dirty feet, like I mentioned a minute ago. And then imagine Jesus, right before he gets in the cloud, turning back around and saying, oh, one last thing, guys, I just about forgot. Don't forget to read my book. <laughs> and then the disciples would say, look at each other puzzled and say, what book? He didn't give us a book. What is he talking about? Read the book. The beauty of this is it realizes there was no book. Jesus didn't leave a book. He didn't tell us there was even going to be a book. Everybody then believed the Old Testament was the inspired Word of God, but they never dreamed in a million years that there would be 27 books added equally to that Old Testament as also the Word of God. So they didn't leave a book. He didn't say there was going to be a book. And he never wrote anything down, except in the sand in John chapter 8. What did Jesus leave behind when he left? He left 12 men, and one of them was carrying the keys of the kingdom, who was going to be the royal steward of the new kingdom of God being established on the earth. He left 12 men, the living magisterium of the church. Those men went out and began to teach and practice what he told them and showed them, not just to teach it, but to practice it. And what they taught and practiced became the apostolic tradition. Part of that tradition got written down, and 27 of those writings were 400 years later decided to be 
included in what we call the Bible and that they were inspired and infallible, a decision made by the Catholic Church. And Protestants today piggyback off of the decision of the Catholic Church when they carry their Bibles around. Now, there was nobody carrying Bibles around for at least the first 1,500 years, because it wasn't put together until the first 400 years. Then, another 1,000 years, you couldn't afford a Bible. Bibles, there was no paper, there was no printing yet. People don't realize that in the modern world. You had to have lamb or deer or sheepskin called vellum. You need a 1,000 sheep to make one Bible. Who could afford that? It wasn't until the printing press came out in the 15-1600s that Bibles started to become a something that I could carry with me to church on Sunday. So my dad was wrong. I hate to say that, but dad, you were wrong. The people did not have Bibles all the way through history. They had the church. They had tradition. And they only had the scriptures after 400 years. But we as Catholics do not have Bible alone. We have scripture, tradition, and the magisterium of the church. It's like a three-legged stool, and you need all three legs before that stool can stand. Steve, in your book, you talk about Jesus and Mary's DNA and genetic code. Uh, why, why is that important? Well, when we think about this, if you analyze me biologically, I'm going to have the genetic code of my mother and my father, a combination of the DNA. I'm no scientist, but I know enough to know that. And we just did uh, a couple of years ago all the DNA testing on our family so we know where we came from. And I could tell what I got from my mom and what I got from my dad as far as nationalities and so on. Well, when Jesus came down, he came down as a real man. He was born of the Virgin Mary, which means he received Mary's DNA. Mary's genetic coat is what Jesus' body came from. He bears the DNA code, the genetic code of Mary. And if he is still in heaven to this day with a body, and we know he is, according to the book of Revelation and the Catechism, it says that he is there with his body. Guess what? He, through all of eternity, will bear in his body the DNA of Mary. Not only that, but for the first three years, we know that the children were breastfed for the first three years. Not like today where you go to CVS drugstore and you get a formula in a bottle and you, and that's it. But in those days, there was no such thing. You had to breastfeed the baby. So we know that even for the first three years of his life, Jesus received all of the nourishment, the cells, the development of his body all came from Mary's milk. So her DNA and her sustenance of him for the first three years of what he ate, this is, this is the body of Christ. And as Protestants, we used to say Mary wasn't so important, but now I realize, oh my goodness, Jesus has her DNA, and he will for all of eternity. How special is Mary? Think about that for a while. Uh, And and great to mention on this uh, Feast of the Dedication of uh, the Basilica of St. Mary Major. I have Mass at 1210. I may throw that in. And give you credit, Steve. Steve Ray is my guest. He's always a delightful guest. He's coming to Bismarck on November 29th. Uh, so get your table. Uh, make, your, make your reservation. He'll be in Rapid City on Tuesday, November 30th. And Aberdeen 
on Thursday, December 2nd, he's going to speak about his conversion story. <laughs> he's always, I, I giggle, Steve, because you're such a delight to visit with. You are so refreshing. We're coming up on 56 minutes past the hour. Steve, for this segment, our time is coming to an end. So before we, we wrap up, what happens at the end of time? At the end of time, there's not going to be what the Protestants call a rapture. That is a false teaching that didn't develop until the 1850s in Scotland. There is no such thing as a rapture, according to the evangelical perspective. We could maybe do a whole show on that sometime. At the end of time, Jesus is going to return to the earth, and it will be the end. Judgment will come, and that will be the end. There's not going to be some secret rapture in the middle where his people are taken out. Jesus comes twice. Scripture's clear on that. He comes once as a suffering servant, which we've been talking about up till now, and he comes a second time at the end of time, which only he and the Father know when it is. We cannot predict it and say, well, it's going to be next April 23rd, because I... he says, you do not know the day or the hour. This is only known by my Father, and consider his patience to be your salvation, because he wants more people to get saved, so he, he got to go a little longer. But at the end of time, he comes back, and he will judge the world. And we will all either end up in heaven or hell. And those who say there's no such thing as hell, go back and read Jesus' words. And then, as far as judgment at the throne of God, that, that's very scripturally oriented. Very much so. Then I saw the great white throne. I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. The books were open. The dead were judged from the things that were written in the books. That means the dead, righteous and the unrighteous dead. According to their deeds, they're going to be judged. Not according to their faith alone. According to their deeds. This is revelation. And, and, and some were taken into heaven, and some were thrown into the lake of fire. We need to really take life seriously, Monsignor, people listening, because there's go- we could be in a car accident today and end up in hell if we're not right with God. And that's a scary thought. So if you haven't been to confession and you're not right with God, make sure you do so quickly, because you don't know if Jesus is coming back today or 10 years from now, but he may come back for you today. Steve, I, I want to thank you for being on Real Presence Live once again on the Real Presence Radio Network. You are a, a regular contributor to the RPR Network, and you are um, a, a great supporter of, of what we do. And um, every time I visit with you, I, I learn something about my faith. I, and I, I encourage everybody to 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 read his book. Uh, number one, read his book, uh, and then also listen to him in person. As I said, he's he's coming to the the area of Bismarck, Rapid City, and. And Aberdeen. His book is entitled The Catholic Faith, An Introduction to Creeds by Steve Ray, and it's available on Amazon and other uh, other outlets. Steve, uh, I gotta go. I wish I could uh, visit three hours. We should have a three-hour show, Steve, about the rapture. <laughs> some, Let's some, do it. Well, uh, until next time, I wish you and your family the best, and uh, thank you again. Thank you, Monsignor. God bless you. Fantastic. We're coming up on the top of the hour. It's 59 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. We've got another, one more hour of Real Presence Live coming up. Thank you. <laughs> 